This is Let's Talk Business with your host, Mark Ebinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Ernest Glenn, the owner of Topaz Cleaning and Restoration, a company that provides a wide range of cleaning services for homes and businesses. Ernest, welcome to the show. Thank you. Enjoy being here. Yeah, first time. This is your first podcast you've ever done? You've done others? I've done one other, and that was back when Safe Referrals was around. I'll tell you how far back that was. Okay. No, I don't know what that is. But. <laughs> that's, how, that's how far back it's been. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. We're also going to talk with Leo Valdez, an expert in credit repair and the owner of National Best Credit Solutions. Leo, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Now, your name's Leonidas, which I think is super cool, right? I mean, right. did your parents name you after 300, or what, what's the deal? Oh, I came before the movie. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might look young, but that movie came out in, like, 2004. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, man, Not time much. just flies. All right, and I'm your host, Mark Evinger, the owner of Crucus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in giving small businesses a competitive edge by hiring low-cost virtual administrative specialists from outside the U.S. You know, that virtual assistant game is funny because as I've been doing it, when I started it, it was like I had to figure it out. But it's not easy, right? It's, it's one thing to hire, but it's another thing to keep them and to do it successfully. So that's been an interesting journey for me um, as I built my whole company. Right? I have 24 full-time people from outside the United States now. And I hire for businesses and stuff around the San Antonio and Texas area. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's uh, it's really a good, affordable way to leverage, get all the stuff that can be done remotely, just get it get it done for eight fifty an hour instead of twenty dollars an hour with all the benefits and the red tape and the blah 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 insurances and whatever else going on. It's a completely different game that uh, people can play now. It's really global, which is nice. A quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And if you're a business owner in the San Antonio area and would like to have your company featured on the show, visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-879-8804. That's 210-879-8804, and we can get you hooked up on the show. All right, so building trust is important, right? I think for businesses, it's, it's – I think San Antonio – we're very relationship oriented anyway. So people like to know, like, and trust who they're going to be doing business with. So referrals are kind of a big part of it, right? Absolutely. So you did yes. work for so and so. And so, how do you guys approach, like, um, I guess, building trust online? Leo, let's start with you. Well, online, um, I mean, I do it, my whole business is online. So it's all over the phone. Um, I used to have a few brick and mortars, but just a waste of money at now, like nowadays. So I went ahead and switched everything online. Um, how I get people to really trust me is I do a lot of education and free education. A lot of people, uh, they have like trade secrets on credit repair. I let it all out for free. Yeah. So I'm like, if you want to really get to know, you know who we are, we tell you exactly who we are on social media. We do videos, emails, the whole nine yards. Okay. And so where are people finding you online or how are they accessing your information online um i mean i'm huge on facebook i think i got a little over eight thousand followers just nice. here um so, uh, we're on instagram we're on twitter we're youtube too as well so so social media social is really media. where it's at what kind of content are you putting out on, on youtube uh just credit education just okay. credit education credit tips credit myths um just anything credit are you doing like shorts and long, yeah. long and short form content? Correct. Yeah, about okay. like 
anywhere from like 30 seconds to a minute and a half okay. uh, over credit. All right, cool. Yeah, because that's what people, they're going to, they do the same thing with real estate agents all the time. If they're going to become moving to San Antonio, they're going to go to YouTube and they want to get to know San Antonio realtors. You right. know what I mean? So, and YouTube's a great way to kind of build, they feel like they know you a right. bit, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's what I do every week is I'm constantly flooding content right. out there on YouTube and, and social media platforms. What's your biggest platform do you think where you get the most activity? Facebook. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. My personal Facebook at that. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, usually that's, I get anywhere from 10 to 8 signups every few days just on Facebook. Nice. Well, that's where your following is. How do you leverage that to, uh, to Instagram? Um, you know, I don't get too much business on Instagram. I, I try, but I feel like Instagram's hit or miss, especially for a male, right? For a female, Instagram is huge. They can market okay. um, for like, a male, somebody like me, I think Facebook's more where it's at. Okay. I probably get like maybe two customers once a month on Instagram. But yeah, that's Facebook, a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook, it's like I could even today, I got like four people already messaging me, hey, I'm ready to sign up. Sweet. So, how do you take care of that? Well, that's a, let me, let me go there. <laughs> See what this is what happens though, right? right? I just, I love talking about how people do their business. You know what I mean? But, Ernest, so when it comes to online presence and building that trust, how are you guys doing that over there? We seem to be having more luck on just our website um, and, and just trying to keep your website up to date these days with, with SEO built into them and around them. You know, that, uh, that's what seems to be drawing our, our, our clients in. And our, our biggest one right now is with Yelp. And, okay. You know, the social media is, you know, I, I've been in this business 25 years. So, you know, I used to run an a, a ad in a newspaper and, I fill my routes up with my trucks. Well, that's no longer the case. If, if we're not involved in social media somehow or another, then you, you're just not going to get the pull from your clients that you would years ago. You know, people today are looking online as driving down the road, just, hey, Surrey, I need a carpet cleaner. And, you know, we're going to pop up, stuff like that. So the marketing and advertising today has changed so much. And it's changing so rapidly, it, it, you know, from just from one month to the next month, things are changing. Okay. Yeah, how's your your Yelp presence uh, as far as, like, reviews and whatnot? I mean, you got a full-blown presence on Yelp? Yes, we do. Uh, we probably get, I'm going to say, on an average day, three to five leads off of Yelp. Okay. Um, you know, but it also helps that, you know, you're, if you have been or, or in the recent future been involved in other things like Angie's List and all these things, and, and and you're searching for those reviews, you know, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for reviews today. That's what, what people are looking for and looking for uh, a vendor for them to do any type of service. What can what kind of service are they already providing to people? Is it good service? Is it mm-hmm. bad service? Uh, so in an effort to maintain that level of reviews, you have to deliver the quality. So, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with whatever you're doing on any of your marketing, if you don't do a good job of following up, you know, that's a double-edged sword. You can, you can either do very well or you can do yeah. very bad. Come back and bite you. That's right. So I think with Yelp, we're doing very good. I'm, I'm surprised with Yelp right now. But uh, I think it just moving forward, uh, it's going to be more in line of social media for us. Yeah, I agree. I think social media is very much involved in that due diligence part of what people are 
when they're searching you out, they want to see you're, that you're active and relevant on social media, right? They can see whether your customers are happy. Maybe they can see your service or your work product or educational materials, stuff like that. But they want to feel a bit connected there. I, I think that's a big part of it. Do you agree with that, Lee? Uh-huh, 100%. Yeah. 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 Well, we also have, you know, it helps us. I was just searching in this uh, last week about our presence on YouTube because mm. we have several videos on YouTube that, and people will call us. I didn't know you knew how to do this type of stuff. And that might have been clients for far as 10 years or more. And yet they they saw a video on YouTube of a, a process or, or how to or or in most cases what not to do in the cleaning industry. And with that, along with the reviews, and, and like you said, you've got to be there. Your presence has to be there all the time. It has to be updated on a regular basis. Yep. So you stay relevant. I mean, if you if you falling behind on getting your reviews, because they have the date out there beside it, you know. <laughs> so if you're if you haven't had a review in a number of years, then yeah, it's even like, if it's a good review, or if your so last social post was 2022, right? You know, it's like ah, okay, that, that actually makes you look stale. It can work against your, your business. So maybe they're not in business anymore, or, or whatever. So I, I think it's important. That's why I do three to five posts a day. And I mix it up. It's not just all business. You know, some of it's family, some of it's funny, and then you hit them with education. And I think it's kind of an algorithm yes. you have to do. You have to do that now. Yeah. No. So you are you pets. repurposing? I want to see your pets. Are you, when you're posting that many times on Facebook, are you doing it, kicking it right over to Instagram as well? Um, usually all my pictures go to Instagram. Um, okay. Of course, some posts can't obviously go there. But um, I... I Main, my main thing's Facebook. Maybe. Well, I'm with him. I have a hard time with Instagram. I do. You and, have a hard time, you said? Yeah, with Instagram. And, uh, you know, and on Instagram, I usually try to have women do that part of it, not myself. Because just like you said, it's, it seems like Instagram works more with women than it does to men. Not being biased here right, by any right, means. Right. But well, that's your experience, right? right. I mean, yes. Nobody can take that away from you. I mean, that's just your experience. Um but yeah, so I know in the cleaning business, so one of my clients, I do some social media stuff. One of my clients is, uh, she does cleaning as well. And a big thing for her that she's super stoked about is TikTok and these cleaning videos that are like time-lapsed, right? I mean, it's like fast forward and this is what's going on. You put some good music on it and stuff like that. So this is the whole area that we're exploring on that. Are you doing any time-lapse cleaning before and afters and stuff like that? Uh, we include those in our, in our job so that our clients can see that before and after. And we have just started trying to do some of that um, in our videos for our YouTube and mm-hmm. um, our social media. Yeah. put it. And if you're going to do videos like that, you want to do them in vertical format and then put them on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, mm-hmm. and uh, put them on your YouTube channel as shorts, too. Right. Uh, it's like, it's easy. You know, once you're doing it one place and you've got the title and description, then you just can kick it over there. I mean, it takes work. Right. You does. know what I mean? So that's, but again... <laughs> Like low Anything cost, why will take work? <laughs> low cost labor from overseas is how I do it. That's that's like, yeah. I mean, that's it, it, it can work great, yeah. uh, as opposed to paying somebody twenty bucks an hour to do it here. Are you doing all your own, own social media stuff? I do everything myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow, gotta hand it to him, but I yeah, I, right. I do not. <laughs> that's, that's I've got people much. I I have a team of people that do my stuff. It's like I can't can't even imagine keeping up with it. But all right, so uh, well, good chat uh, on that. I appreciate that. All right, first up on the show is Ernest Glenn, the owner of Topaz Cleaning and Restoration, a company that focuses on a wide range of cleaning services for homes and businesses. So, um, Ernest, you guys uh, Franchise of the Year Award 
what, when was that, and what what's the deal? Well, that was about ten years ago. Okay. when I was in a franchise. Okay, um, that's right. You've got your, it's your own thing now. Yeah, we went independent about 10, 11 years ago. Okay, uh, super service award from Angie's List for more than ten years in a row. Absolutely, is that current? That is uh, up through when? Through two thousand and fifteen, sixteen. Okay, all right, and then four point nine review rating on Google with fifty six reviews. That, did I get the numbers right on that? That's what I saw. On yeah, that's Google. what I saw, and I I'm pretty sure we have more reviews than that. But, well, let's uh, get some on Facebook to too. Yeah, we have them on Facebook. Mm -hmm. we, um, on Angie's List, we just got tons of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, and Yelp, too. See, I didn't check yeah. Yelp or Angie's List. but Yeah, I think we got like 1,200, 1,300 on, on Angie's List. Oh, that's all? Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot, dude. That's, that's, a, that's lot. a few. But, and, you know, hey, you're going to get a bad review, and we do have them. You know, if I were to sit here and say, oh, we don't ever, I'd be sitting here lying to you. Mm. But it's when my process on a bad review is find out what went wrong. Don't ignore it. Just fix it. You know, make make your client understand. You know, hey, we made a mistake. Admit it and move on, and see if you. Sometime you can get lucky enough, and they'll go back and they'll change their review if you just meet with yep. them. And then answer it right. Answer the Absolutely. review. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's. I think all of us get that. I don't. Know. Somebody says they've get you know twelve hundred reviews and it's five star. I'm like, I mean that's. What are the odds of that, right? Go go gamble in Vegas. Right. You know I mean, <laughs> that kind of stuff. All right, so uh, your background's interesting. So, really, space shuttle, Star Wars missile defense system, what's the deal there? <laughs> I was back in my younger <laughs> days when I worked for, every one time I worked for the Blue Bonnet Arsenal outside of Waco, where we made missiles and stuff for the military. And after I left there, I moved up to Colorado and went to work for, uh, I was up, my, my background is a machinist. So, um, and I guess that's part of why I would get my drive from quality. I have to have it, you know. But then I moved to Colorado, and I went to work for a, a company up there that we worked on the space shuttle program. We made different parts for it. And then, um, and then we actually made some parts for the um, air defense system, the Star Wars system, where we were actually making projectiles and stuff to shoot meteors out in space. Huh. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, <laughs> well, if that's what we're going to do. We're well, going to need some quality for that, I would yeah, think, right? Absolutely. I wasn't involved in the targeting outside of that. Yeah. <laughs> I was, because uh, I don't think I could shoot that straight. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how would you end up owning a cleaning business? How does that, how do you go from Star Wars to cleaning business? Well, I left Colorado, and I only went to work down here for a company, and then it just wasn't satisfied with, the level of quality that was being produced there. And I started looking around, and, and a friend of mine called me, had moved to Corpus Christi, and a company, a franchising company, offered them a, a franchise down there, and he called me up, asked to know if I'd be interested in doing San Antonio. Well, I said, sure, I at least want to talk to him. And so we went down there at Brick Road, and I was with that company for 20, almost 20 years. But... Um, in that process, it's a matter of, you know, changing the way that you think. Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, because I'm not, no longer dealing with precision, but I'm also, but I am dealing with chemicals. And people. And people. So, you know. Managing you, people, you, you customers. You all of that together and yep. you got, you know, a ticking time bomb in some cases. But if you're going to manage it right and, and you can educate your, your clients on why they want to use certain cleaning solutions and compared to others, 
or why they should be wanting to clean. COVID's a perfect example of that. You know, well, I mean, that's a, that's when you really wanted to do the cleaning and sanitizing of your home. But people were scared to have have anybody come into their home. Mm. So you know, we had to address that and figure out how can we get this over to our clients to where they understand the importance of getting their house sanitized again and getting us past this COVID stuff. So going from from being a machinist to, to being what I am today, it took a number of years to get to where I am today. Well, as a machinist, right? I mean, you're you're not dealing with customers. Nope. Right? Not at all. You're not, were you managing people? I, I was managing people, yes. How many people were you managing? I was, at that time, I was managing five. Okay. So it's like responsible for their work product and showing up and doing those kinds of things. So that's a bit of experience towards yeah. the business owner. Exactly. But the entrepreneurial mindset's different than an employee mindset Ooh. by far. By far. So when you said, you know, you, you, 20 years you did that and you learned a lot, I'm thinking that's a big part of what you were learning. Yeah, it's learning to, as a business owner, you have employees and you have clients. And you actually have to manage both. And you have to make money. And you have to make money. <laughs> that is the hard part there. Mm. But, you know, if if you're hiring people to work for you that can't talk and relate to your clients, you have a problem. Yeah. And so, you know, and I've always said that, you know, I can teach a lot. Of, I can teach you how to clean. I can't teach you people skills. Yeah. So when you, when interviewing, that's what we interview for is people with people skills. I, yeah. We can teach them everything else, but you know one one bad mistake from from a technician going into someone's home just because of improper verbiage can cost you a lot. So you spend a lot of time on training. Yes, absolutely. Are you the trainer? Most of the time, but I also have an office manager and. and uh, Charnel is awesome. And so she, we got kind of work back to back. If we have a, a an employee that we want to do some coaching with and they're responding to me and not so much to her, then I will run it. If they respond to her more than to me, she would run the training. Well, systems and processes are going to be a key deal, right? And you being engineer mindset, I'm sure you've probably got some pretty in-depth systems and processes in place. Oh, yeah, we do. It's all in writing. <laughs> you yeah. have to follow these rules. So when, when somebody, you get an employee comes in, the trainer's following the guideline, the employee's following the guideline, and everybody's on the same page, right? Exactly. They have to be. And that's when, when a question does pop up. Uh, what does it say in the manual? If you can tell me what it says in the manual, then we're on track. Now you just need to understand why that has to process that way. Hmm. And it's very true when it, come, you know, it comes down to cleaning Oriental rugs because there's such a variety of them. Uh, some are antique. You know, some are irreplaceable. Some are you know, uh, interchangeable. But what they're made out of, that's, you have to know what that is. And that could be most anything. Is that, is that rug going to bleed? You know? How can you stop it from bleeding? How can you do this? How can you do that? And those are things that we teach before they ever start the actual cleaning process. They have to go through, you know, and cleaning for area rugs. That's probably a six-month process of learning how to do it. So as far as cleaning high-end rugs, you got some stories there? I mean, because I would imagine, right, people spend a lot of money on that kind of stuff. I had a, a golfer 
he moved up to Colorado uh, a few years ago. But he had a little five by eight rug. It was a hundred percent silk, beautiful, beautiful, blood red. And he would have us clean that rug every year faithfully, just put him on a schedule, go pick it up. And one day he asked me, so what do you want to do? Because he had this, he had this rug in front of his bar when he, when he was entertained because he was a golf pro. So he would bring his, his students in there and drink or whatever. Well, what are you going to do if we I spill wine on this rug? I said, you're not going to. <laughs> he looked at me and said, what do you mean? I said, because you don't want to spill wine on this rug. It's silk. It's not, it, you have, it has to be processed a different way. And you're going to cry when I give you the price of it. Oh, okay. I said, so we have to, you know, in understanding how to do something like that, this is where chemistry comes involved. Yeah, yeah, good point. You have to know your chemistry. You have to know your pH when trying to clean these fine fabrics. So what kind of a cost increase would it be if he spilt wine on a silk rug? Well, that his price on that it was just a five by eight rug. His uh-huh. price on that rug was twenty eight thousand. Right. For me to to clean it and, and remove any wine of it was going to be about five thousand dollars. Oh whoa! Yeah. What did you charge like just to clean it annually? To clean it annually, you was running around the eight hundred dollar range. Okay, that's not bad. That's that's a huge markup day if you spilt something like that on it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe stressful. Don't, don't don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> don't do it. So uh, we're going to have to wrap up. Time goes by quick, but, like, what is something that you guys do? Obviously, your training process, making sure people are skilled and knowledgeable so you don't make mistakes. But how do you guys stand out otherwise uh, in your company? Uh, We've always, from the beginning, it was stand out would be we want to be up there in the front. We want to be the people that our competitors look back to, and if they have a question, they call us. You're the experts. We want to be the experts at it. Exactly. You know, and, and myself, I care about, I don't know, 12 certificates. So, and certifications. We don't, we don't learn what we learn and know from Facebook. We go to class for it. Right, right. However, you should create a post, a reel, for every one of your certifications that you guys do. Create a playlist out of it so they can find it and see it. We're certified this then this oh, that's an excellent this. idea. I never thought well, about it. You know, there you go. Social media is something I do once. Good, re- good reason to come <laughs> and see you. <laughs> All right, Ernest, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Simple. 210-653-9699. All right, cool. And your website? Topazcleaning.com. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. It was a good chat. Thank good you. getting to know you a little bit. All right, next up on the show is Leo Valdez, the owner of National Best Credit Solutions. Leo, welcome to the show. First time guest. Yes. Awesome. I'm excited. I like this. Uh, so Millionaire Club for Credit Repair Cloud, what's that about? So um, with systems, uh, you got to have certain – well, you don't have to have certain systems, but it's easier to use a uh, system for credit repair. And one of the biggest ones is Credit Repair Cloud, and they have what's called a Millionaire's Club oh. when you make your first million dollars in sales. Know, in sales and just being profitable. And we hit ours in 15 months from yeah. when I opened. So <clears> – <throat> Um, we're supposed to get this huge plaque, which um, they just told me it's on the back market, but whatever. Um, Go make one yourself. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> just get it up on the wall. <laughs> but, but now there's only about, I want to say, 80 people who have actually done it in the United States for this. So I think cool. I'm like number eight. 
82 or something like that. Well, when does the $2 million club come? Yeah, that's come around the way. Around the, around around the way. way. Just around the corner, Mark. Yeah. All right. Uh, lowest cost for San Antonio uh, for credit repair? What's yeah, so um, we used to charge, when I very first started, I didn't know what to charge for credit repair. Um, so I, whenever I started my company, I just wanted people to get to know us, and I charged like $30 a start, 40 bucks a month. Like, it was real cheap. And then I started, you know, realizing how much we were worth. And so I raised my prices up to where it should have been, which was 600 to start, 150 a month, a one to six month program. And that would get you, you know, where you need to be, home closure, a hundred point guarantee or full refund. We started doing so well, obviously, right? We hit the millionaire club. I was like, okay, now we can kind of take a step back and we don't need to charge as much as we do. And it's just making us more competitive for everybody else because they're charging about the same, you know, $1,200 a person for a credit repair. So I went ahead and dropped all my prices to just 100 to start, 100 a month for every client, no matter what. So is pricing that important or is it really like, because trust factor is going to be huge in the of credit course. repair business. You know, and if you've got good market share and you've built up trust and you're getting lots of referrals, it's like, almost seems like your price should go up, not down. But I mean, you're the one running, you're the one seeing the numbers, um, but I guess you, you found where you, you want to be. Yeah. Um, I've always said once I hit a certain number, I would drop my prices. Though. Okay, cool. And, you know, we're we're doing fine enough to where it's feasible for us to do. We're doing a lot of volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So well, and the market's tough right now, right, when it comes to, uh, like, interest rates are high. Correct. So I, does that make your business go up when it's more it, like it, it is It really today? doesn't have an effect on us because really? um, it's not just for people who are trying to buy a house, for instance. Somebody, the only reason why somebody comes to us is three main reasons. One, they get denied on a house, they get denied on a car, or they're going through a divorce. Oh. And so it, it's for everybody. I mean, one out of ten people... Need credit repair. Yeah, and five out of ten people are going through divorce. So, yeah. I mean, that's right. what we hear, right? So, uh, give me a somebody who's going through a divorce. Why are they coming to you? Well, um, a lot of times they get payments split, and the judge dec- decrees. You know, um, somebody has to take responsibility for one thing, which is true, right? Say it's a house or a car. The judge says, "Hey, the husband has to take care of this. The wife's not responsible for this." 100% true. She doesn't have to be responsible for it, but it's still going to be on her credit report because they were co-signers on there. The only way for it not to affect her is if he refinances or she refinances to get them off. <clears throat> so my job would be to try to get rid of an item like that. So like if it's a vehicle, for instance, and he just lets it go, my job would be to try to get rid of it like she, they never had it or she never had it. Do you do a lot of referrals to attorneys then for stuff like that? It seems like you'd want to an attorney to help get that off of there um or i not really no i i haven't well, how would you get him how would it get off of there so there's 311 laws or there's a lot of laws that protect you from the fair credit acting report and protects a consumer and it protects the credit bureaus right and so we usually go after them legally and ethically through one of those laws saying hey you're in violation of this because of x y and z i need it removed off of my report well, if a husband and wife are sharing a, a mortgage payment, right, mm-hmm. the husband's having to make the payment, the wife wants to get her name off of that thing, what would they do? Well, if they're divorced, it should have been in the decree that he has to refinance. But okay. If, a lot of times it's not in the decree for it. So what then? So then she, um, she's technically not legally responsible for it, but 
credit responsible for it. So it's right. kind of like a little fine line, right? Um, if he's making good payments on it, then I mean, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. It's whenever the late payments come in, the foreclosures come in, it becomes a problem. Huh. Cool. All right. So, um, what about on the car side? Somebody's looking to come in to get a car, they get denied. How do you help them get that car financed? So, it's so much easier to get approved for a vehicle than it is a house. So, um, my job is to get them at least to a 620 so that way they can get approved. Um, I mean, Somebody will approve you with a 400, but you'll have a, you know, 20% interest rate. So we want to make sure that we get them good enough to where they can have at least the 5 4% interest rate. Um, and getting them approved, I mean, I have partners all over, especially here in San Antonio, to help me get somebody approved for a vehicle. So people who've got <coughs> decent credit, right? Now, let's say they're in the 700s, mm-hmm. you know, 7 to 750 range. Um should they still reach out? I mean, is there benefit to them reaching out to someone like you? Yeah, I mean, there's always something that could be on the report that they're not aware of. Even if I just take a look at it, I can. I read this like the Matrix. I take one look at your credit report, and I'm like, this is what you could do better. Um, so we even have what's called a lifetime program. Somebody who was in our program, let's say they reached their 700 mark or 800 mark, wherever they need to be. We have what's called a lifetime program where... They only pay us 20 bucks a month, and every month I actually check that one myself and make sure if there's anything else that needs to be done or what else they could do to help raise their scores a little higher. Does it impact them negatively at all when you check their credit? No. I go through a site called Identity IQ, who I partner with, mm-hmm. and it has no effect on their credit whatsoever. Okay. So it, what are some myths that people would think about you, you know, the, the credit repair world that you would like to dispel? Well, there's a lot of them, but the biggest one is that I always say is a lot of people come to me and they're like, I have too many inquiries, that's why I'm being the client. And it's just not the case 98% of the time. Um, I think I've only seen one person who had like 500 inquiries. And I was like, yeah, you are the reason. (laughs) (laughs) But never, like, that was only one time I've ever seen that. Um. It's never usually the case. The reason why somebody gets denied was for other reasons on the credit report. But when they give you a denial letter, that's the first thing that pops up, right? But So they think that's the biggest reason. Well, it's only worth 10% of your credit report. So it's just never the case. Okay. What's another myth? Um, another myth is one, like I said, about the divorce. If, uh, you know, they're responsible for it, I, I no longer have to pay on it. And it's like, well, no, you don't have to pay on it, but it's still going to affect you negatively. That's a big one. Um, I mean, late payments, people think that having late payments won't affect you as much just because your scores want to go down four or five points. It affects you for two years. It's oh. on your credit report. Well, it affects you for one, but it's on your credit report for two. So a lender could potentially deny you just because they saw that one late payment. So... When you guys are going to do credit repair for somebody, right, mm-hmm. there's different types of things you guys can do, or, or, or is there like a, a flow that you do for everybody? No, um, everybody's case is different. Yeah. Uh, whether they have bankruptcies, student loans, medical charges, every, every case is different. Okay, so what are some of the services that you, got, that you guys do for folks when you get a new client in? Yeah, so one thing that we do for every client is, one, before we even get them to sign up, we pull the credit report and we see exactly what's wrong. We do a free credit consultation. So that way we know, okay, this is how we can help you. Once they're already in our system, um, we credit coach them on what else they need to do while they're with us. So we're not just sending off letters to TransUnion Experience and Equifax. 
where it's just generic and we're like, please remove this. And hopefully it falls off after a few times. Well, what we do is we also credit coach them. So that way they know, hey, um, I can get another credit card in or a secured card for $500 or $200 and only use 40 bucks of it a month. And we tell them when to pay it, how much to use, use the credit utilization, how many installment accounts to have, how many revolving accounts to have. And we basically try to get them to get the most perfect score that they possibly can within the time frame that they're with us. All right. And when it comes to like educating folks, what are some methods that you guys are using to educate your clients or prospective clients? Yeah. So um, for all my current clients, I send out emails every Tuesday on, you know, what else can be done. We do credit coaching. So we set up a time for them to come and talk to us uh, over the phone, of course. Um, and it's usually right after their round is out. So we educate them on what they need to do further in credit repair. And then um, we create videos. I create videos or I have a team that helps me create videos and we just share it out to the world for anyone who wants to, even people who don't need credit repair. I have people who are like in the 800s. They're like, I follow you all the time just to make sure I'm doing what I need to do right for my credit. Well, maybe they, they need to hire make sure you're on retainer, right? And make, keep their credit clean. <laughs> right. I, I mean, that makes sense to me. That, that seems like a good fit. So um, the credit repair industry, uh, I've heard that, I mean, I've never personally heard negative things, oh, but that. I've talked to credit repair people because uh, I think you're like the third or fourth one I've had on the show. And it's like there is they'll say that there's kind of a negative vibe out there about credit. What it, is some of that? What's that about? It is the worst reputation to be in credit repair. Um, so it's kind of hard. But uh, I think the reason why is because people blame you for something that they can't control. Uh. So, for instance, we were talking about bad reviews earlier. I get a bad review for somebody saying, you said you were going to take something off and it didn't happen. And I was like, wait a minute. We didn't say we were going to take it off. We said we were going to attempt to get it removed. And they don't get the process. You know, that a credit repair person sends it to TransUnion Experience Equifax, but they are the ones who make the decision to get it removed. Sure. It's not us, like, going in there and just erasing things. Does a client sign anything that so, they understand that this is the verbiage we have an agreement in place Leg legally it is illegal to put a client in a contract for credit repair right. so it's never a contract but like an understanding not. but right? they we have an agreement that says hey look this is what we're gonna do it's in black and white and we don't have control over when or how things get removed so a customer will always get mad saying you didn't do nothing for me when it's like no we did our part, we just can't push TransUnion Experience or Equifax to do something on their end. So what's your, where's your passion to do this business come from? What do you love about it? Oh, I fell in love with credit repair five years ago when I first got in the business. Um, this isn't, this wasn't never my background. Um, I was always in corporate America, worked for USAA and Nationwide and Spectrum. And uh, it just kind of fell in my lap. I worked for another credit repair company for like one month and I just realized this is it. Like one, I love sales cause I can sell anything, but credit repair, like this is something that I needed myself. And I was like, man, this is something that if I can fix this for myself and create a better life for me, then why can't I do this for others? Yeah. A lot of satisfaction comes in and it's a challenge every, every single month. time. Yeah. You get a new client. It's like, okay, it's a new hill to climb. Yes. Right. 
Yeah, that's my probably my biggest thing is whenever I get a customer who's in the three four hundreds and then they get up to a seven hundred in a quick time frame, just I love it. I love Success it. Success story. All right, if folks want to get in touch with you, Leo, how do they do that? Um, they can reach me on Facebook at National Best Credit Solutions um, on Facebook or online at www.nationalbestcreditsolutions.com or call me at 210-812-5710. All right. Thanks, Leo. I appreciate you coming in. Yes, sir. All right, as we wrap up the show, a quick reminder, check out our latest podcast and catch video versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us for this one. Thanks, fellas. You all did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you on the next one. All right.